0: If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, you hold your hand up real high. The ushers have some extra Bibles they'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all go to John, the Gospel account of John and the 14th chapter. God is real. God is good. You believe that? In John 14, we've been on this for A few weeks now, the times that I've been with you. Down in verse uh, 16 of John chapter 14, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Did you know as believers, we have something the world does not have? We have someone. The comforter, the helper. We have, it's really unfair. (laughs) Because we have a tremendous advantage in doing everything. Because we have him helping us. (laughs) Now a lot of Christians are not walking in this. But it's available to every believer. The great, mighty, Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Dwells in you and me. He knows everything. About everything. Now you may have met a few people who, who thought they knew everything, but they didn't. But he really does. And he's inside you. And he's, you don't have to call him up on the phone. You don't have to email him. You don't have to get in the car and go see him. He's inside you 24-7. Never sleeps. He's always there. And Jesus said that he would be with you forever. The world cannot receive. It, It sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. As far as the unsaved world is concerned, There is no such thing as a Holy Spirit. They think it's just all imaginary. They don't see him. They don't know him. They're unaware of him. So many think because they don't believe in it. Because they haven't personally experienced it. To their knowledge. That means it doesn't exist. But that's real pride. You've been on the earth just a few years. Been alive. No amount of time compared to eternity. And just because you hadn't experienced it. It can't be. It doesn't exist. We ought to show some humility. Shouldn't we? To realize there's a lot of things. We haven't seen and know. A lot of things we haven't experienced. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means we don't know much. But if you put your nose in this book. You'll learn more. And know more. And be more aware. He dwells with you. And shall be in you. And he was, he was prophesying and talking about the day to come. When we could be born again. And have the spirit not just with us. But the spirit in us. That's a reality today. And he goes on talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry. In our lives. Uh, skip down. To the uh, 26th verse. He said the comforter. Which is the Holy Ghost. Now, ghost is an old English word for spirit. And so there's, people say, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. It's the exact same word in the Greek that they're talking about. So uh, I know ghosts, sometimes people don't know what you're talking about. We, we were actually over in Miami years ago in a, uh, a, a large meeting with a whole bunch of ministers. I think there were about 70 of us ministers went into a, a big restaurant. And uh, uh it, was, it was it was kind of an entrance, you know. And of course, all of us we had just been in a great meeting, and we were excited, and we were laughing, and we were talking, and we were preaching to each other. Preachers preached to each other too. And uh, this uh, it, was a, it was a nicer restaurant, and we came in, and and this lady tugs on the coat of this guy passing by, and boy, she picked one when she picked him. He was a fiery, loud evangelist. <laughs> And, and she said, "What is all this?" He said, "We've been to Holy Ghost meeting." They're loud enough for anybody in the restaurant to hear. And, and she looked up, kind of taken aback. She said, uh, "Do you wear a costume to that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you say ghost, you know it can leave the wrong impression. But Spirit, Holy Spirit, God is Spirit. You are Spirit. Uh, You're sitting there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. I see your body. I see the house you live in. You're on the inside there. And so the Holy Spirit can be inside us too, inside this body too. And he is with believers. Keep reading. He said, he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Uh, Turn over to the 16th chapter. The 16th chapter and the 13th verse, Jesus talks further about what the helper does in the life of the believer. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. Friend, we ought to take advantage of this all the time. When you're faced with choices and you don't know things, you don't understand, look to him and say... Lord, you said the Holy Spirit would guide me into the truth. What is the truth? What's right about this thing? And start looking. And the scripture said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and what would happen? He shall direct your paths. He will lead you right into the truth, right into knowing, right into what's right. Somebody say, Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. He's my helper. He goes on to say that uh, whatever he hears, that's what he's going to speak. And he will show you things to come. You'll get glimpses of things. You'll you'll have what is called, you know, some people call premonitions. And you'll just have knowings. A lot of times people call uh, what they call deja vu can be some of this. People say, well, it seems like I've been here before and yet you know you hadn't been there before. Well, what happened is the Lord uh, gave you a glimpse and it's familiar to you because he had showed you something to come. And sometimes he'll let you know this to let you give you a a confirmation that you're on the right track. That it was predestined for you to be where you are right now. It's not that uh, people say, well, you know, wonder maybe I was here in a past life. no, no, that's ignorance and confusion. No, this is your first time on planet earth. I assure you, it's also your only pass. You just do this one time. And uh, the Holy Spirit, though, you know, knowing the end from the beginning and God's plan and, and provision for your, the plan of your life, he helps us constantly. Knowing that we're at the right place at the right time, that the right things are going on. He will also check you when you start to go down the wrong path. It'll bother you. And if you, st- if you start to make a wrong decision, the further you go towards it, the worse you'll feel on the inside. And you won't know why, but it's just grating you. It's bugging you. When you get that, do not push past that back off and go whoa 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 wait wait what's going on here because the path of the just is like the shining light it gets brighter and brighter to the full day sun the spirit of god bears witness with your spirit the bible said in colossians let the peace that passes understanding let it guide you the amplified talks about let it act like the umpire When something's right, I've found this in all life, when something's right, the more you pray about it as as far as a decision. For instance, coming here to Sarasota. There's a lot of places in Florida you could have come. There's a lot of other states you could have gone to. Right? Other countries. Why here? Why now? There's only one good enough reason. The leading of the Lord. And we I found if it's right something there was a point when it came up to Phyllis and I about this place here. We prayed about it, we came down here, we looked. Actually, the first time that we we had vacation before down in um Minnesota Key, uh but we had we didn't know really anything about Sarasota that much. We'd come through here before, but you know, it was nice, but we've been to some other nice places too. But we we begin to have a witness for two years. We knew we were supposed to start a, another church somewhere else in the U.S., but that's pretty broad too. How I many you got to you got to get narrowed down? <laughs> and we had actually looked strongly in some other parts of the country, not in Florida. And uh, but there came a point where the Lord dealt with us. No, no, don't look there anymore. Look, look, look over here. Do you remember in the book of Acts that Paul and his company uh, were sent by the Lord? But then the Bible said they started to go over here and it said the spirit suffered them not. And then they started to go over here and it said the spirit of God basically said no. So what were they doing? They, they were endeavoring to do what he told them, but he's helping them. He did not give you the whole picture. I know you wish that he'd just sit down with you and just write it out word for word and you. T- but if he did that, it wouldn't require faith. He'll tell you enough to take a step. He'll he'll uh, give you an opportunity, and you look through the door, and he'll go, he'll direct you, go through there, and you go, what's over there? <laughs> then what? And you'll hear nothing. You'll get nothing because you will not get the next directions until you take that step. He's very, very big on faith, I'm telling you. Anyway, the first time we knew we were supposed to come here to Sarasota and look about a place to have a church, after, I guess it was after a weekend of meetings there in Branson, was it a Monday morning, I think it was, Phyllis and I by ourselves got in the plane, we came down here, we landed at the Sarasota airport. You know, it's just what, 15 minutes straight on university here. We had never been in this area here, ever. Didn't know anything about Sarasota to speak of, except maybe driving through downtown when we we're on vacation down there. We got a rental car. Twenty minutes later, we're sitting in the parking lot out
1: here.
0: Both of us had a witness that this was, could this be the place? Is this quick? I mean, 30 minutes ago, we were landing at the airport. And over the course of the next several months, we looked at some other places and we considered some other things, but this was it. Thank God for the witness. And somebody said, well, do you think that was right? I don't have to think. All the stuff that has happened here, we couldn't have done that because we said, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, I picked that spot. Uh Uh-uh. It's obvious the Lord's been in this and done all this. And by his grace, he helped us to find what he already knew, what he already had. And it's not for us to decide what we want to do. That's already been decided for us. We need to discover what God has already predetermined, preplanned and mapped out for us. The good life that he's prepared and made ready for us to live as it says in the Amplified and who's going to help us find it who's going to help us get there does anybody know who are we reading about Somebody said, "Well, I don't know if I can find it I need help you bet you need help big time you need help but you don't just need help you have help Amen. say I have help I, I have the best help in the world I got the Helper Himself the helper living, inside. Inside of me. living inside of me. See, the big deal is not not why why won't God talk to people or why won't God lead people? He is. The, the question is, why won't people listen? Yes. Why won't they pay attention? Why won't they follow? That's the challenge. But you're you're going to follow Him, right? You're not going to... Go with me Over to the book of Acts, if you would. One of the big problems in Christians not allowing the Holy Spirit to help them to the measure that he he would is just simply not being aware of him. You can be a Christian, believe in Jesus, believe in what he's done for you, be thoroughly saved, go to heaven when you die. But you can live like there is no Holy Spirit. You can make all your decisions with your intellect. You can do everything on your own. If you don't look to him and rely on him and yield to him. Everybody say yield to him. If you don't yield to him, then his help will not be forthcoming, won't be evident in your life. What we we need to learn as believers is how to yield to him. And how to yield to him fully. Do you know what happens when you yield to him fully? You get full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. I want you to notice something in Acts the second chapter. We saw this before, and if this is the first time you've been with us talking about these things, uh, the previous messages are available. You can go online, download them. Uh, it won't cost you anything. If you're in the building, you can go back in the back there at the word supply area and, and, and get a CD or a DVD. It won't cost you anything. And no cost means no excuse for not knowing it, not having it, right? Can't say I couldn't afford it. Book of Acts. And the second chapter, we saw when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible said they were with one accord in one place. Who was in one accord in one place? Hmm? Skip back up to chapter 1, about verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120 Was this a significant service? How many would say Acts 2 was a big deal? And there weren't as many people there as there are here right now. Is this, can this be a great service? Absolutely. But it depends on how you think. If most of the people come and think, Huh, it's been a long day. Yeah, we'll go over there and take a few notes and go back to the house. <laughs> well, if, you know, 80, 90% of the people feel like that, then that's about what your limitations will be. Or it, it'll, be, it'll be better than that. It'll be, you know, pretty good. Then that's pretty good faith. <laughs> you got no expectations. You got low expectations. But then great faith has great expectations. Right? And those that hunger and thirst, they're the ones that what? They get filled. They get filled. About 120. And man, they had a a service. They had a time. What happened in this great service? Acts 2, verse 1. They were all there together in one place, one accord. What happened? Verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Keep going. There appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them. Keep going. And they were all what? Filled Filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, that word's the word for spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, filled with the Holy Spirit. Say it again. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Say it another time or two. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. 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 With what? Holy Spirit. Filled. Not, not with hamburgers and hot dogs. Filled. Not with foolishness. Filled. Not with grief and sorrow. Filled what? Is it possible for human beings to be filled with none other than the Holy Spirit of God? Reckon you'd know it? If he is filled with the mighty Holy Spirit, reckon you'd know that? What happened to them? They begin to speak with other tongues. Still an indicator of people filled with the Holy Spirit today. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance without reading the rest of it. They they, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. They all come tumbling down out of the upper room into the midst of all these people. And folks look at them and said, what is going on? And they heard them speak in their tongues. And others said, those guys are drunk. (laughs) Now, you don't think somebody's drunk. Just because they're standing there politely speaking in Spanish or French or Russian or Zulu, you just think they're speaking in a language you don't understand. You don't look at them and go drunk because they're speaking in a language you don't understand. Something else was going on, right? They were acting like drunk people. Because they were what? They were filled. Filled.
1: <laughs>
0: filled. Hold your place here. Look over in Ephesians. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 and verse 17. Ephesians 5:17 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. There's a lot of people who don't believe you could know the will of God. But the Bible tells us we have a responsibility to find it out. That's one of the big reasons he gave us the book and the author of the book to help us get it. Verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Filled, Filled with the Spirit. Now uh, the Greek, if you look up the words that are translated be filled, there is a, a present tense continuum. You could say it like this be being filled. Be filled with the Spirit. And what's the next verse say? That's not it's not a, a period there. Be filled with the Spirit, what? Speaking. Speaking speaking again just like Acts 2 you see people filled and people speaking and here people he said be filled with the spirit now you got to remember he's writing to tongue talkers if you go back to Acts 19 you see where the first uh, people in, in that area got filled with the spirit and spoke in tongues and prophesied he's writing to tongue talkers Would you need to write to tongue talkers and tell them to be filled with the Spirit? Yes, you do. Which is why we're talking about this tonight. The term Spirit-filled has been used entirely too loosely and frivolously. You hear people talk today, spirit-filled church, spirit-filled believers, spirit-filled people, spirit-filled choir, spirit-filled this, spirit-filled there. You, you, hear, you hear people say things like this, you know, did you hear about so-and-so? What? That preacher over there. What? He ran off with the piano player and the building fund, and he was spirit-filled. Uh, not that day he <laughs> wasn't. And probably not a lot of days before then. <laughs> Come on, are y'all listening to me now? Why do they say spirit filled? People equate being spirit filled with somebody that spoke in tongues one time. No. Look with me back in the book of Acts. Acts 2 4, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now I want you to look in the fourth chapter of Acts. This same bunch, with some folks added to them, notice what happens to them in Acts four. In Acts three, the man at the the lame man at the gate, beautiful, had been miraculously, amazingly healed, and the religious leaders found fault with that and got really upset. And they uh, over in the fourth chapter of Acts, after they had uh, Threatened them and done other things. Acts 4.23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said, and they started praying. And in verse 24, they're praying to God a prayer, and they continue in verse 29 in their prayer, they said, Behold, Lord, their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Again, speaking. Here he mentions speaking with boldness. And uh, the the leaders had told them to shut up and never preach like this again and don't do anything like this again. And they come back and ask the Lord to help them to be stronger in it. (laughs) They're not backing off. Even if it means their life, they're not. You know, we ought to think exactly the same way today. Right? We ought to be willing to believe this and do this uh, no matter what it costs us. In verse 30, he said, by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Let me just pause right here. What if it's not his will? Yeah, but what if it's not his will to do that? Obviously, it's his will, right? Not only was it obviously his will, he inspired them to pray it, They prayed a lot of prayers that we never heard anything about. The Spirit of God had this recorded for us so we would always know this. How many think it would be right okay to pray the Bible? Just pray right out of the Bible. Well, just do it right now. Say it out loud. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal in this church, in this area, and that signs and wonders would be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. You reckon it's his will to answer that prayer and do those things? Certainly it wouldn't be in the book. I mean, if you can't pray the Bible, what can you pray? And yet you've got all kind of religious leaders that will say, Well, no. It's not always his will. Why didn't he say, then except for the ones that it's not your will? And then how are we going to pray for people? In a healing line. We'd need to get an individual revelation. Before we pray for each one, will pray for me to be healed. Well, I, I got to first find out if it's God's will for you to be healed. And you want to find out before you go to the doctor, too. Because if, if it's not God's will for you to be healed, why would you be, go, go try to spend money and try to get healed? Try to get out of the will of God. See, people only believe dumb stuff like this in church. They don't believe stuff like this when they go to the doctor or the hospital, or they, they, they're trying they're doing their best to get healed. then they'll come to church and get all solemn and go, "Well, you just never know it might not be the it's, it's hypocrisy. Believe what you believe and act like you believe what you believe. I'm so glad I don't believe that. I believe in being healed. So I'm going to be healed. I'm going to full out to be healed. Right? Anything that can help me. Let's get her done. Let's get healed. and Stay healed. I believe in being blessed. Having your needs met. People say, well, I don't believe in all that. Well, then don't do it. Practice what you say you believe. If you believe in being broke, then be broke. Don't be a hypocrite. But I'm so glad I don't have to practice your beliefs. I believe something different. I like what I believe. <laughs> Back to my scripture here. They they're praying this prayer to the Lord. And then in verse 31, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. God shakes people. God shakes buildings. In the book of Acts, he shook a jail. This was a very particular shaking. The only thing that fell off were the handcuffs. And the doors came open. The rest of the facility was fine. That's a very specific earthquake, isn't it? God shakes things. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were what? They were what? All of them. All of them. This includes the 120 that just got filled in Acts 2. It's the same bunch plus the new ones. This is very significant, friends. The same people that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again in Acts 4. There's one initial reception of the Holy Spirit. And he does not go and come. The Bible said, what did he say? He'll abide with you forever. He's always there. That doesn't mean you're full every moment of every day. And just because you spoke in tongues last week doesn't mean you're full of the Spirit this morning. Doesn't mean the Holy Ghost left you. He's there. What's the variance? The variance is how much you're yielding to Him. The more you yield to Him, the more of the manifestation of the Spirit will be in your life. A lot of Christians have never been full of the Spirit. What's it comparable to? Does the Bible give us anything to compare being full of the Spirit to? Exactly right. Being drunk. (laughs) We have two. Very specific. Passages. One is the example. Of the 120. Acting drunk. And Ephesians. The spirit of God specifically compares. Look with me again. Go back to Ephesians please. So many. Live such. Dry, intellectual lives. Being a Christian is not just about having knowledge. The Lord even gave a specific word for Sarasota Church. Anybody remember it? He gave it to me for this church ever uh, first service, and and uh, I I wrote it down. I got a place where I write down things that I know He said to me, and I shared it with you. I've said it two or three times. I'll say it again right now. That this church. But not just be a place where people come and learn more about God. But it will be a place where people experience Him. Don't you like that? Don't you like that? I believe it. I'm holding on to it. Somebody say amen. amen. That means so be it. Let it come to pass. So be it. Be it unto us according to your word. Isn't that what Mary told the angel when he came and gave her that word? Everybody said out loud, be it unto us us. according to your word, Lord. Not just a place where we come and take notes and and just learn more and more and learn more and more and file away our our notebooks and accumulate our CD download library. (laughs) But a place where we what? Experience Him and we're going to do that by his spirit who indwells us and who moves in our midst he's real I said he's real he's real I remember the first time uh, some of the first times in my childhood that I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit you don't forget it I was a, a, a little boy and I got I got my parents to let me stay at grandma's house. And they this is this is over in Mississippi in the country. Old house, cracks in the floor. It's winter time. Cold? Eesh. But boy, Mama, I called her, my grandma. Mama. Sweet soul. I'll be glad when I can see her again in heaven. Man, she must have piled Thirty quilts and blankets on top of me, be sure I didn't get cold. I mean, so much you couldn't even turn over. You know, you're just, anybody know what I'm talking about? You're you're layered, buddy. But it's cold enough. You you know you'd blow your breath. You could see in the room. It's just cold old house. They'd build fires, but it didn't do much good. You know, and it really got cold. And uh, she brought. To, she had been healed. In one of Brother William Branham's uh, tent meetings. I guess it was a tent meeting. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. It was a meeting. And um, she had uh, cancer. And he called her out and, by a word of knowledge, told her what was wrong with her. And also, her mother was way back in the back in this big meeting. and, And he said, And your mother's here too. Have her stand up. She stood up. She was healed. My grandma was healed. Glory to God. Amazing. Well, word of knowledge is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It still happens today. Right? Yes. To those that'll believe it. And a lot of people don't believe in it. They go, Ah, oh, I don't know. They probably had that rigged up some way or another, you know. <laughs> well, there have been some people that have done some wrong dishonest stuff, but that didn't do away with the real thing. It's always been and always will be. And uh, she gave me his book about how that God had showed him that a a young boy would be raised from the dead years before. He he, He didn't know who or where. Never seen the boy. Never saw the place. And years later, he was in Africa on the road and a car had run into a boy and killed him and when it happened and he was there he knew this is the place this is what I saw years ago and he prayed for the boy and God raised him up from the dead Amen. sounds like the book of acts don't it Amen. well we got the same holy spirit they had Amen. got the same gospel Amen. as i was reading that book i don't know i was i wasn't i was much younger than teenager i was i was a little little boy old enough to read good but that's about it with all these blankets over me. As I was reading that. The Holy Spirit came in that room. man. he came over me. I'm in there by myself. But I'm not. <laughs> Tears ran down my little cheeks. I thought God. This is God. I mean the, the Spirit of God. I was reading about the Spirit of God. And reading about these things. And man he just showed up in the room. Touched my soul. Touched me down deep inside. I knew it was him. I said I knew it was him. And there have been episodes all through my life. And especially as I began to know him better. And learn to yield to him better. More and more and more. Did you read in Acts 2 it said. Those, those tongues of fire came and sat on them. The Holy Ghost will sit on you. <laughs> Would this brother know it? If I came and sat on him
1: would he know it
0: would he have to look over here and go is anybody here he'd know it wouldn't he the holy spirit's a real person he, he doesn't have a physical body but he's real and when he he'd come get in the chair with you get in the car with you get in the bed with you It's wonderful, 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 wonderful. Somebody say wonderful. Filled with the Spirit. At times like that, you cannot just be aware of His presence. You can get full. You can be filled. And one of the main indicators of being filled is speaking. And we've seen this in Acts 2. We saw this in Acts 4. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Speaking, speaking. One time speaking with tongues. One time speaking boldly. But he's still speaking. There's an anointing on the speaking. And Ephesians 5. Look at it again. Ephesians 5. uh, What is it? 18? Be not drunk with what? Wine. What is the Spirit of God, being filled with the Spirit of God like? (laughs) Well, what is it about the wine that that could make you drunk? It's it's alcohol. (laughs) And when people get drunk on alcohol, they act differently. (laughs) Don't they? Help me out. How how do they act? Now, it's, it's not the same. People respond differently. But give me some common And don't sit there so piously like you have no clue what I'm talking about. Give me some indicators of how people act if and when they get drunk. Laugh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They talk loud and they laugh. They laugh too much. They laugh at anything. Right? Now, let's just stop right here. Would being filled with the Spirit be like that? Would it have some similarities with that? Obviously. Acts 2 says so. This passage compares it to it. What's the opposite of laughing a lot? Not laughing at all. Never laughing. Somber, stiff, stuck. See, that, that's an indicator that you're completely in your head. You're analyzing everything. Somebody tells something is funny and you have to sit there and go, is that funny? Is that politically correct? Would anybody be offended by that around here? Or? Well, by the time you get through analyzing it, everybody's laughing going on. You, you missed the whole deal. The Bible said unless you become converted and be like a little child yeah. you won't enter into the kingdom of God and the things of God. Little kids yeah. they don't analyze they laugh yeah. they laugh yeah. <laughs> one of our little girls in the church has been years ago we we're having a great day and we we're coming through and they had put some new murals and stuff on the children's room and uh, she was I had her in my arms and we we're walking by and, there's this little bitty baby elephant on there. She saw that. She squealed and laughed and pointed. I said, what? She said, he's silly. He's silly. I said, he is silly. And I laughed with her. And realized that, you know, people that study these things tell us that little ones laugh scores of times a day, sometimes hundreds of times a day. And by the time people get all grown up, they may not laugh a dozen times in a week. What happened to them? Oh, they they got educated and they got they're aware of the problems of the world. Like you could solve them by worrying about them. You know what Christians are in desperate need of? A drink.
1: A drink.
0: But I'm not talking about whiskey. I'm talking about a drink of the Holy Spirit. And to drink and drink until they begin to loosen up. And they begin to get free. And they begin to turn loose of the fears and anxieties and worries and inhibitions. Because I assure you, heaven is not a bunch of people standing around politely going... looking at each other, wondering what to do. I'm telling you, what do you think? When the angel choir breaks loose and sings, what do you think the saints do? I'm telling you, it's off the chart how they praise God and they shout and they rejoice and they give glory to the King of Kings. All of these fears, what will they think? I don't know if I want to raise my hand or not.
1: There
0: is so much junk. People start to begin to grow and begin to loosen up, begin to get aware of the Holy Spirit a little bit. They go, praise the Lord. And they go, oh. Did they hear that? You better hope so. Jesus said, you need to confess me in front of men. Didn't he? And I'll confess you in front of the Father. Look at it again. Ephesians 5.19. Don't be drunk with wine. You don't need to be going around getting drunk on alcohol. No good comes out of that. But you, know, you do need to be filled with the Spirit. They're obviously comparable. Be filled with the Spirit. What's the very next phrase? Speaking, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord this is something else drunk people do (laughs) they sing (laughs) even if they would never ever ever sing in front of people they get drunk enough they break into song It can sound like a (laughs) cat hollering in the alley. It can be totally out of tune and off pitch. They could care less. Sing dumb stuff. Roll, roll, roll your ball. (laughs) Why? Because they're having fun. They've got free. And they just hit them to sing. So here we go. Come on, sing with me. (laughs) Listen, friends, listen. There's something in every human being that wants to be free and high. And that's why there is this gigantic problem with alcoholism and drug abuse and every other thing. Addiction. People want to feel good. And they want to get high. And they want to get free. And that in and of itself. Is not wrong. (laughs) Didn't know you were going to hear that in church tonight did you? (laughs) The desire. To get free. To get high. Is not wrong. God put it in you. It's what you reach for. To get the high determines whether it's wrong or not. And you can tell what's wrong by what it does to you. Getting high, getting drunk, popping pills, shooting, snorting, smoking, to get high is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing. There is no high like the most high. (laughs) There is no drunk like being filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory to God. I said Glory glory to God. Glory to God. I've noticed myself in the times that I've been closer to the Lord and more full of the Spirit I'm quicker and easier to laugh or to cry. I'm quicker to respond, to to joy. But the more crabby you get is, is indicator of the more fleshy you are. And I don't care if you spoke in tongues yesterday. You have other indications that you are nowhere near full of the Spirit. You're full of being annoyed you're full of worry you're full of fear you can be full of all kinds of things you can be full of soap operas you can be full of sports statistics you can be full of all kind of things instead of God oh but friend there is a real experience I said a real experience I'm not talking about theory I'm talking about experience of being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you know you could tell your car was full of gas if you didn't have a gauge? Let me go over again this real slow. I said, did you know you could tell if your car or truck was full of gas, even if you had no gas gauge? Can anybody tell me how you could know? How could you know? you take that nozzle and you stick it in and you just pump and you pump wonder if it's full you don't have to wonder just keep pumping right wonder if I'm getting close to being full you don't have to wonder you don't have to reason just keep pumping her in pumping her in and when it begins to get full it'll start kicking back out the mouth and when it's flowing out of the mouth What do you know? It's full. (laughs) And when you yield to the Holy Spirit, yield to the Holy Spirit, yield to the Holy Spirit, how do you know you're full? One of the chief indications. It'll start kicking out of your mouth. (laughs) Speaking in tongues, speaking the Word of God boldly, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, praising God, thanking God hallelujah I uh, th- years ago I saw this and I saw that it's not up to me to, to beg God and try to get him to do something how you get drunk on wine <laughs> by taking a drink no no what do you got to do to get drunk on wine <laughs> you got to drink one Then you got to drink another one. Then you got to drink another one. Right? And drink another one. (laughs) Well, how do you get filled with the Spirit? Same way. You got to drink, but you're not going to get drunk unless you keep on drinking long enough to get to that point. And see, so many Christians, even if they go to a good church or they're around some moving of the Spirit, they might get a little touch here and there. But that's like getting a thimble full of wine. You're never going to get drunk on that. (laughs) Or if you got, you know, you're in a great meeting that lasted over the week. And you got a half a cup full every night for five days. (laughs) You ain't going to get drunk. Right? (laughs) And so you can come away and go, well, there's no such thing as getting drunk. that's only because you've had such meager quantities (laughs) spread out over such large amounts of time I assure you you get enough of the spirit at the time it'll begin to affect you I saw this and I saw read, read that verse again don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess excess you need a lot of it right But be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19. Speak unto yourselves. Say it out loud. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak unto yourselves. Say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak unto yourselves. One more time. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak unto yourselves. Speaking, speaking. I saw that. I saw that. And so I just went home one night. Went in the extra bedroom by myself. Shut the door. I said, Lord, I see this. I'm going to drink. And I'm going to keep drinking. And I didn't feel a thing. Other than believe this word. So I started drinking. Speaking to myself in psalms and hymns. Now, psalm is not just a psalm out of the Bible. Those are called psalms because they were given by inspiration. Speaking in tongues is by inspiration. Prophecy is by inspiration. We studied here last time that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I just started singing on my bed there. I just started thanking God. Not something that I heard somebody else say or something that I wrote down. Out of my heart. By faith. And the good thing about being by yourself, it don't matter if it rhymes or if the pitch is good. <laughs> Ain't nobody there but You. So I sang and I praised and I sang and I, nobody but me and the Lord were the, sang and I praised and I sang and I praised and, and, and 30 minutes turned into 45 turned into an hour hour and a half, and next thing I know I heard myself laughing, I'm laughing I thought, ha glory to God I gotta get up and get a drink of water and I got up and stumbled and fell on the floor <laughs> And of course, I thought that was funny. I, right by myself, I lay there and laughed. And I thought, ah, it's working. It's working. Now I'm not putting on for anybody. There's nobody there to put on for. But if you don't drink long enough, you're not going to get full. You're not going to have these drunk symptoms indicated. Let me tell you a good practice. Now, you can't do it all right now, but if you want to, you can do it when you get back to your house. I recommend driving home first (laughs) and then do it. (laughs) The Psalms, he said, speaking to yourself in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. The Psalms, the book of Psalms are examples of Psalms. They were given Not just by human intellect or human ability to write a song or a poem or literature. They came by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as such, they have an anointing on them. The anointing is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that inspired those is the one who lives in you. And if you will go back to the Psalms and sing those Psalms by faith, it will get you in that flow. Somebody say, Well, I'm not a singer. Everybody can sing. Not everybody should record. <laughs> but everybody can sing. And there is, there's just another anointing when you step it up to project and to sing you tap into something else and the whole thing is by faith let me demonstrate go to Psalms, get your book out you got time for this go to the book of Psalms oh somebody say thank you Lord 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 These psalms, of course, they weren't written in English originally. And so the, that changes the structure, just having been in a different language. But these were songs, most of them. They were sung. They were accompanied with instruments. And if you, by faith, will sing these let's go to the back of the book for time's sake Psalm 148 149 and 150 we're going to sing them and then if you will you can sing Psalm 151 (laughs) you'll be in the flow and if you will you can just keep going Somebody said, What what is Psalm? no Psalm 151 yet. Exactly. That's your song. She says, I don't know what it is. Exactly. You sing it by faith. What does it have to be about? Anything. Praising God. Speaking his truth and giving him glory. And ever how much faith and your heart that you put into it, it'll be that measure. Of spirit and anointing that you'll tap into it's like some wines have very low alcoholic content right you could drink a jug of it and hardly feel anything other beverages high alcohol content just one big glass is whew, too much and so i mean if you look around and you listen to other people saying and and you're singing 999, just kind of motoring the words, well, you have like point zero you Y'all with me, friends? Yeah. But if you do it with enough of your heart and enough of your faith, the content's higher. And then you do that long enough, it affects you more and more and more. How could we tell you're getting full? Because it begins to come out of your mouth with some anointing and with some joy. You begin to get happy. You begin to get free. And then you really sing. You just kick it on up to another gear and go ahead. You ready to drink? I mean sing? I mean drink? Huh?
1: Stand up, stand up.
0: Stand up. Glory to God. Give us a key there, Brother Sky. What key is Psalm 148 in? Yeah. Yeah. Key of F? Yeah. Well, that was good to know, wasn't it? I'm going to get my microphone here. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What if you're if you if you're just silent and you watch me? What does that mean? That means I'm drinking and you're not. That's right. You're not drinking at all, which means you'll have no effect, no mm-hmm. at all. Everybody must drink tonight. Everybody. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah. You can start by smiling. Hmm? Look at your neighbors if they're smiling or if they look entirely too sober tell them what you need is a drink (laughs) so let's take one right now not alcohol but a drink of the spirit hallelujah 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 psalm 148 you got your page everybody got your hymnal number 148 Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens Praise Him in the heights Praise you Him, all His angels And praise Him, all ye hosts Let's just stop right here Are we singing it right or not? Yes, we are. You know, God doesn't listen to pitch. He's not, he's not paying big attention to pitch or your cadence or your rhyme. You know what? He's listening for your heart. He's listening for your heart, for some love, for some faith. And you can't give him that with your mouth shut. So let's, let's put some in it. Praise you, him. Praise him all, your stars
1: of light. them. Pray!
0: Now, I still see people like this. What's going on there? It means we're saying, hey, drink. You're going, take a drink. Okay. Two more to go. All right. Now, Psalm 149 goes different from Psalm 148, I'm sure. How's it go? I think this one's faster. Yeah, I can tell it's faster. (laughs) Okay, let's just, uh, let's get started a little bit faster tempo. of the saints. Come on, you got to help me out. Praise ye the
1: Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sing the Lord a new song. His praise
0: in the congregation of the saints. Come on, praise ye the Lord. Sing to him a new song. Give his praise in the congregation of the saints. Verse 2. Let Israel rejoice in him, in the one that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion the Holy Spirit. Hey, hey. Oh, you guys are doing so good in here tonight. I'm so pleased with you. A bunch of folks yielding and doing good. I think we need to sing another time or two, don't you? I know we're going to sing the other one, but I got stuck on this one, so let's just stay with it for a bit. foolishness. Obviously you don't. <laughs> the Bible said God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. David's wife despised him when she saw him dancing. Remember that? Oh man, she said, weren't you a pretty sight? danced your clothes off out there in front of everybody what did he say what did he say oh no oh no I can never show my face what did he say he said baby you ain't seen nothing yet he said I'm about to really break out (laughs) why because he's experiencing the presence of the Lord that dwells in the holy place between the cherubim The glory of God, he's touching it. That does not depress you. I think we need to sing it again. Dive back into a bunch of secular worldly stuff. Do this some more when you get home. Just pick right up. Just pick right up where we left off. Just, well, I don't know if I can do it. Just, you won't do it just like me. You're not supposed to. Do your thing. <laughs> just just break out and sing. Dance around your bedroom. We're not talking about acting a fool. We're talking about celebrating. The goodness of God. The reality and the love of God. And the life of God. And the joy and the peace of God. It is enough to make you sing and dance. Altar workers, come up to the front. Ooh, yeah. I feel better. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus. You're my everything That's why I have to sing
1: Oh, I praise you My King of Kings Praise you the Lord